Why is religious freedom an essential part of American life? Hi, I'm Stuart Shepard with First Liberty Live. We are here at NRB, the Christian Media Convention in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, we're in the middle of the exhibit hall and chatting with interesting people that uh, we wanted to make the connection with the work they do with this idea of defending religious liberty for all Americans. This is Todd Coconato. I'm going to read his bio. Okay, hey, Todd. Oh, my. Hey, nice to be with you. Thank uh, you. I'll get back to you in about five minutes. Can I read your bio here? He's a pastor. Damn. He's a public speaker at conferences and churches. He worked on the Trump campaign's faith-based team. Uh, he's host of the Todd Coconato Radio Show, which I assume is named after you. Uh, he's president of the Religious Liberties Coalition, and that's what caught my eye and made me want to talk to him today. Uh, Todd, welcome. Thanks for making time. For Thank us. you so much. It's such an honor to be here, and I'm so thankful for the work that you're doing because it's it's right where my heart is. I mean, well, let's talk about that heart. Tell yeah. me all about the Religious Liberties Coalition. What's it about? What do you do? So this is the crazy thing. So before the pandemic, uh, God put it on our heart to start this coalition, and what we want to do is put you know pastors and churches and ministry leaders and Christian business owners and people that could possibly come under attack if there was an issue with religious liberty in America. Again, this is pre-pandemic. Yeah. And uh, so God put this whole infrastructure together. Then the pandemic hits and the timing could not have been better. Uh, we were able to step to the, the help and aid of many ministries, pastors, business owners that did come under attack during the pandemic, which again, you know, if you'd have gone five years back in the past in a time machine and told, you know, the earlier version of me, there's going to be pastors that are going to be fined in America. There's going to be a pastor jailed in America. Never would have believed it. No one would have believed it, you know, and so yet here we are. So we're really, this is one of the forefronts, the most important issues of our day. And that's why we're trying to bring awareness and also circle the wagons around people of like mind. So help me understand who's part of this coalition. Is it primarily pastors? Is it, who else is it? It is primarily pastors. We do have Christian business owners, ministry leaders, parachurch organizations. Uh, it really is open, but you know we do specialize mainly on the religious liberty aspect. So you know pastors tend to be uh, right in the center of that. Yeah. And so we do tend to have more pastors, but the coalition continues to grow. Uh, we have churches in almost all 50 states now. Uh, as people hear about it, they're telling their friends, they're telling, and what we are is we're strength in numbers. Uh, when somebody comes under attack, you know, the other side is really good at circling the wagons, but in the Christian community, we've kind of let people just deal with the wolves, you know? And so we need this type of support, infrastructure, and organization that will come to the aid on different assets, you know, uh, not just in, you know, leeway like what you're doing, but also resources, information. Uh, we're, we're doing the media, helping them in the media. Uh, giving them the tools that they need because you know most church pastors are so busy they don't have time to know all this stuff and so they come to us and we offer that help. And they're definitely not experts at dealing with the media storm coming no. after them like that so it's so no. helpful to have somebody to come alongside. Yes. I, and I don't mean to put you on the spot but there is there one example that you can give that shows how this plays out in real life that comes to mind? There's many um, you know California has been one of the states we've spent a lot of time in and we had a pastor out there that came under attack simply for having church service. And uh, Pastor John MacArthur, he had his parking lot taken away from the city of Los Angeles. And so, you know, a lot, what we do is we're an aggregate. We don't actually handle in-house the legal, but what we do is we find organizations like yours and we partner and a lot of pastors don't know that there's these organizations like yours that are out there to help. Uh, pastors and nonprofits. So what we're trying to do is, is is give them, get them connected. And as you know, coming from the legal world, you know people have the bar in certain states, and 
you know, so sometimes they can't, uh, you know, go to a court case in Iowa. Well, we know somebody that's a lawyer that would be able to support them in their state. So, you know, in California, when that happened, that's when people came to us. We gave the uh, the information about the organizations that they could reach out to. Brad Dacus has, you know, an organization out yeah. there, and you know, some. And so that's what we've been doing. We're kind of like a big connector, and we're just connecting. And so we were able to help these pastors, and they went all the way to the Supreme Court, and they won. Yeah. So thank remind God. me to give you my business card Please. before we're done here. Yes, <laughs> we need to work together. Yeah, actually, uh, we did a series of episodes of First Liberty Live in California during the heart of the pandemic. Uh, we were in Sacramento when Sean Foyt yeah, held the big rally with thousands of people yeah, singing. And uh, also, I, I visited at John MacArthur's church, yep. and and it just it was the most moving thing to see that all of these folks have been told you shouldn't be here, but they still showed up. That's right. The Bible says, "Do not forsake the assembly together, the brethren." It also says, "Lay hands on the sick, and they'll be healed." So, two of our most important things that we're supposed to do, the government was saying, "You can't do that," which, in my view, is a complete an infringement on the First Amendment. The First Amendment says that we have the right to assemble, and also that the government is not going to get involved in in our religious faith our beliefs and so yeah. this was a, a clear violation and I think a lot of these local municipalities and I mean I call them tyrants you know they clearly overstepped and uh, and so I always felt that if it got to the Supreme Court level if these justices were to really adjudicate based on the Constitution that it would be a no-brainer uh, but you know there's a process and so we've kind of been walking through that process and you know even like what's happening with the truckers and you know different movements that are going on I think people are starting to awake and understand once you lose your constitutional rights and your freedoms you usually don't get them back unless there's like a war or something really big. So, uh, you know, we have to be careful of government overreach. We've got to know the law of the land, which is the Constitution. We've got to understand our rights. Our founders believe in God-given rights, unalienable rights, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. These were given by God, not by government. And, you know, we have an amazing structure in the way that our country was set up as a republic. And so it's very important that every citizen knows our rights and protects our rights and votes for people that are also constitutionalists. And so this is what we're trying to do. So let, that you went from specific to the general, but you're hitting exactly what I want to talk to you about next. Okay. And that is, from the big picture, why is religious freedom an essential part of what it means to be an American? Why is it such an essential part of this experiment we call the United States? Well, it was uh, the founders openly talked about their faith. You know, they prayed in the Congress. Um, there's a Bible called the Aiken Bible. This Bible was literally approved by Congress. There's a Bible that was approved by Congress. You know, we hear a lot of talk about separation of church and state. You know, that was a letter to the Danbury Baptist Church, yeah. basically promising that government would stay out of the church's business. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk where churches can't talk about political things and different things like that. By the way, after Thomas Jefferson wrote that That's letter, right. you know where he went that Sunday? To church? He went to church. You know where he met with the congregation? Probably at the Danbury Baptist. At the U.S. Capitol. Oh, they were wow. holding church services there at the yes. Capitol. After he wrote the letter, he went to church at the Capitol. Of you can course. read the sermon online. Of right. And there's guys like Howard Zen and a lot of people that are trying to rewrite our history. And, you know, this is unfortunate, but the, the, the young people are being indoctrinated with, with a false history. And so it's very important that we know where we came from. We educate our young people and we understand that this republic was built on, you know, Israel was chosen by God. America chose God. So we're really, I mean, that's why we've been so blessed as a nation. And I believe we're at a really pivotal crossroads moment in history. 
and we need to make a decision. Do we turn back to our first love, or do we continue down this path? And we've seen, I mean, look at the uh, the debt, you know, the, the abortions that have happened, you know, and all the different things, of areas of sin. I feel like God is giving us one more chance to be a Nineveh and not a Sodom and Gomorrah. And so this goes back to the heart of my faith. You know, I really believe that America has to repent and turn from our wickedness. And so that's an aspect of what we're doing, is educating on what the Word of God says. What, is, what do you see as the biggest threat to religious freedom in America today? What's, what's the, the top of the list? I mean, I think there's many. You know, let me give you a, a case in Canada. I know this is, you know, you say, how does Canada affect America? But I have a friend, Pastor Arthur Pulowski. He's literally in jail right now for assembling, for feeding the homeless, for having church services. Now, people say, well, how does that affect us? Well, Canada is a Western country. It's, we border it. And this is what's, there's been a movement in, in the West we're taking God out of everything. You know, this whole, I mean, it's just, you know, from the prayer in the schools, they take out the Bible, they take, you know, they just want God out of everything. Well, God is the firm foundation. God is the solid rock. Absolutely. So the, the biggest threat is, is this, 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 people are believing this and saying, we can't talk about politics, we can't do this. And so what's happening is, is that there's a vacuum where the church should be the head, not the tail. There's a vacuum. And so what comes in is this small group of people, it's like three, 4%, but they have a loud voice and they want to take away our rights and our freedoms and our religious liberty. And if that happens, it, it, what they want to do, this is so wild, they literally want to label aspects of biblical Christianity as hate speech. Yep. And they want to muzzle pastors on preaching on certain topics. So this is a, this is a major issue. And if this, you know, uh, Australia has been having the same thing, the UK. Uh, so many Western countries are pushing this direction. America is meant to be, like Reagan said, that bright shining city on a hill. Everybody looks to America, what are we going to do? This is the hour where we stand. We already have it, it's the Constitution. It protects our religious liberty, it protects our freedom. So all we really need to do is enforce what's already in place and know what our laws are and not let this infringement on religious liberty take hold. We're representing a couple of flight attendants right now who were fired because they expressed an opinion on an employee website yes. based on their faith. And the company said, oh, we can't have that and, and kicked them out. Right, well, a lot of the corporations are the problem as well. And you know, I want to mention that. You know, A lot of these corporations, we would love for corporations not to be activists. It's fine to be middle of the road, but a lot of them have gone really far left and are pushing the social justice agenda. They actually have a role in most corporations, a diversity uh, officer who is now pushing certain things. So, you know, all these things that Martin Luther King talked about, you know, judging people based on the content of their character and not the color of their skin. We're reversing in, in a lot of these corporations, a lot of these uh, social justice causes, and it's causing a real problem because you can have a real, you know, somebody with a great resume and a great education, but if they're not a certain color, they're not, you know, they'll get passed by somebody that's less qualified. And so this is a problem because it should be by the content of their character. So it, it, it's encroaching on all aspects of our life, schools, uh, you know, corporations, and I know many people are dealing with, we, we've also had many calls, people that needed religious exemptions. I mean, we've given them out by the thousands uh, and tried to help people with the resources, but it, it's been a shame. I, I know a New York police officer that was just about to get his pension, and he didn't want to take the jab, and, and for, for that he lost his job and his pension. And so th there's a lot of cases in the medical industry similar. And uh, it's interesting because the left touts my, my body, my choice. But in this matter, I guess that's not the case. So it, it's real disturbing. Yeah, and, and we're representing 35 Navy SEALs who asked for a religious exemption. And they were told no. They got essentially a form letter. As we're sitting here right now recording this, um, we want an injunction, yeah. uh, you know, a temporary stop to 
punishment toward them at the district court level. Uh, they appealed it up to the appeals court. We won at the appeals court as far as the injunction yes. maintaining that. Now they've appealed it up to the Supreme Court and that's happening right now. Our attorneys are hard at work uh, submitting all the documents to go with them. And I just want to thank you, Stuart, because what you're doing is, I mean, it's very hard to find lawyers that'll even take some of these cases. And so I'm sure you're pretty inundated, but you know, the work that you're doing is so critical, crucial, and important. And you're really defending the Constitution like we're talking about. What can regular people do to defend religious liberty day to day in their community and in their nation? That's a wonderful question. I think there's several different layers to it. First, we can know the Constitution, we can know our rights, we can know our history, we can study, we can be astute, we can teach and disciple the younger generation. I think that's so important. Uh, the other thing is we can get involved. You know, the, the Bible says faith without works is dead. So we need to actually be active in our communities. Go to the school board, go to the community meetings, get involved in local politics. What happens in the local level goes all the way up to the federal level. So it's so important that we get involved. You know, some of these school boards are shocked because all of a sudden all these parents are showing up. They They're like, what from? happened? You know, but a lot of the parents during the pandemic were seeing, you know, really egregious things in the curriculum and things that really got their attention. And so now they're getting involved. And this is what needs to happen. We need to get involved. And then there's a third layer, and that's the spiritual aspect. We've got to be praying and really calling upon the name of the Lord for our nation. I believe repentance is important. Uh, the Bible talks about if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways. And so I think that's very important. we got to turn from our wicked ways. we got to turn back to Jesus Christ. Anything else you'd like to share before I let you go? I appreciate your time. Thank you. Well, I appreciate what you're doing. I would just say, you know, hold the line, stand firm. You mentioned Sean Foyt. We need more Sean Foyts. We need more men of God, women of God that are standing up for a time as this. It's not a mistake that you're alive in this hour. And so the last thing we want to do is cower and just, you know, have an escapist mentality. I'm just waiting for the Lord to come back. We need to get involved, you know, on both the local level, like I said, in the natural and also in the supernatural in prayer. Right. Todd Coconato, great chatting with you. Thank a lot you, of good stuff in thank there. You. Appreciate it. Thank All you right. so much. Boy. And thank you. We will have more from NRB 2022 in Nashville.